1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
2: Everyone gets their cravings while watching the games, and no one wants to be the one to miss the big play. Well, now Grubhub's got you covered. From the extras to the essentials, Grubhub now delivers all your go-to convenience items all day long. Whether it's that late night snack craving or you forgot to get the paper towels from the grocery store, enjoy convenience delivered right to your door, just in the nick of time. And you'll never have to leave the house. Order your convenience items through the Grubhub app or online today. It's
0: time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live.
1: Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app.
3: 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen.
2: Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out
3: there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun.
2: Well, hello there. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com on the Giants mobile app. What? Huh? What? What? Hello. Uh,
1: where is? it? We got a ghost in the building.
2: He's Jeff Eagles. I am John Schmelk. I'll only be here for about 10 minutes folks. I came in to watch practice and you know, and now I'm here talking to you and we're going to talk schedule release. Lance will be with us too uh, as soon as he graces us with his royal presence. We'll have him. And of course, the Giants schedule release last night go to giants.com. You can of course check that out. Um, I'm not going to run through them game by game. I'm assuming you have it in front of you or have at least I looked have some at of it. it. Yeah. Um so I see. I'll go through it real quick, right? At Tennessee Home versus Carolina, home versus Dallas, home versus Chicago. Three straight home games there. you got to take advantage of that. One of them is home versus night. Green Bay, home versus Baltimore. Then you're at Jacksonville, at Seattle. That Green Bay game, by the way, is in London. Pardon me. You get the bye week in week nine. Then you're home versus Houston, home versus Detroit, at Dallas, home versus Washington, home versus Philly, at Washington, at Minnesota, home versus Indian, at Philadelphia. Mr. Feagles, your thoughts?
1: Well, Automatically, I look at the end of the schedule, three of the four games are on the road. And then I look at the first four games. you got three of them at home. Um, so that's pretty good. But there's a little stretch in there in the second quarter of the season. Those are some uh, – you're on the road against Green Bay going across the pond. you got a tough one against the, the Baltimore Ravens. And then you go away to the was it? The Jaguars and then Seattle. Those are – that's a tough little little stretch right there. But uh, there's some wins on this thing. I'm telling you. I, there's, hey, look. there's some wins in here.
2: Jeff, we knew what the opponents mm-hmm. were going to be when this thing uh, came out, obviously. So I think when you look at how they're arranged, and Pearson, just give me a shout when Lance is there, just to tap me on the shoulder so I can annoy him. I'm looking forward to that more than anything else. Um, So you got, (laughs) uh, if you look at the schedule here, Jeff, you know, at Tennessee to start the year, that is a tough game. Yeah, That's a really difficult game. They'll be healthy. Derrick Henry will be ready to go. So you better have your big boy pants on for that game because they're going to bring it. Um, Carolina is interesting. You know, yeah. they don't have a very good quarterback, but they have they a very a good, good, good defense. Game. So mm-hmm. that's a game that you'd find interesting. Dallas, always tough, obviously. That's a, that's the Monday night game, as you mentioned. Chicago, to be frank, might be one of the worst teams in the league. And then you have um, the trip to London, and then you're home versus Baltimore. <sighs> You know, Lance, I'm listening at home. It's like 12:04. I'm like, the show isn't started. I had started, nothing to do with this, Lance. Just telling and you. And I better pop on and start the show because I was tired on waiting on Lance. Is this what happens when I'm gone? You just start showing up? No, five not at all. Place? We had
4: had a plan in place. I actually <laughs> did not realize that
2: you were making an appearance. <laughs> no, today, so I, I, neither did I. I. That's I, why I told you. A I a have nothing surprise. to do yes. with this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally to everyone. I just came in for mini camp practice and they're stretching, so I figured I'd pop in. Do you and You know say what hi. the greatest thing about this whole thing is? I'm sitting in John's
1: <laughs> seat. Yes, John normally sits here. That is true. And he has his in the little seat over there where I normally sit right by the telephone with all the, all nine inches of, of the uh, desk that I get to work from. There you you, know, you can't slide the phone.
4: So now you've returned the favor, yes, essentially. Yes, I, I have. Is Jeff, what you're saying. Jeff, yes. Jeff,
2: Jeff, yes. Jeff is in the power chair. No question about power it. By the way, Lance, I got your card. It was a very funny joke in there. I did laugh. <laughs> Despite the well, fact it was negative. It, yes. to the, to, 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 it was a negative comment about the Knicks, but it was written in a funny way. So okay. well, I found that it amusing. Thank you for the attention. Yes. Thank you very much, sir. As much appreciated. Everyone no is everyone is doing well at home. I'm sure everybody is, cares. Um, yes. Well, that is certainly yes. good to hear. So, yes. Lance, the point I was just making, I'm curious your take. We obviously knew who the opponents were gonna be. And again, you never know how these teams are gonna be this year. That that's the caveat. But the start of the schedule is tough, man. In your first six games, you know, there aren't that many playoff teams on this schedule. When no. you look at it in total, in fact, the only, only playoff six. teams are Dallas and Philly, who obviously they're in the division, and Philly was by the you know skin of their chinny-chin-chin. Chin. Uh, the Packers, the Titans, and the Ravens, and you have four of those six teams on your schedule to start the year. So, you know, we talked about this a lot, right? The Giants need to get up to a fast start. Well, the schedule makers did not make it super easy in their first six games, because then you hit a stretch of four teams three of which had top four picks in the dra- – top three picks, pardon me. You faced the Jaguars, the Lions, and the Texans, the three teams that picked first, second, and third in the draft mm-hmm, last year. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of get through those first six games and be in a decent spot, you'll be in a position where at least those are games that you are not going to be big-time underdogs in. You don't think in that middle stretch from week seven to week 11 when you have Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, and Detroit.
1: I think you got a good chance of coming out of the first four games with two and two. I mean I look at the Panthers and I look at the at the the Bears. Those are Rovers, Panthers and Bears you should be okay. Yeah. So, you know, and then the old dreader we had a call yesterday, Lance. Remember that the one caller said, I just oh, for the tenth year in a row or whatever it is, I don't wanna be 0 and two. Well yes. I mean this is looking pretty good right here. Maybe one and one. I don't know. Maybe you Well, pull- you know, it's the
4: old paper test. You yeah. never know how the paper test plays out because <laughs> there's teams. Here's the thing, you know, guys. There's always teams every year that right now look like question marks. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks teams, is the big question. Yeah, correct. But then there's always the surprises every year. Yep. Somebody who we're not banking on. Correct. The Giants could fit in that category, mm-hmm. Jeff. Mm-hmm. To your point, but. When you don't know that, sometimes I'm a little bit leery of penciling in, okay, it's very high percentage. You could go to two and two and so forth, because John, you were laying out how maybe the schedule opens up. But here's the thing Jacksonville's got Doug Peterson, new scheme, yep. Trevor Lawrence year two. Who knows? Maybe the Jaguars do make a joke. No, and
2: Lance, but frankly, out of those out of that group, it's Jacksonville and maybe even Detroit, because they had a couple of really high picks that I think are dangerous in that group of four. Sure.
4: Mm-hmm. No, and I would agree with you because that was going to be the other team yeah. I was getting at. Dan Campbell, year two, meaning they've established things they've added some talent around Jared Goff they add Aiden Hutchinson so you know those teams are a bit of wild card Seattle right now is in transition no Russell Wilson so you feel good about hey you're traveling cross-country but you don't have to deal with a Russell Wilson and remember you went out there not too long ago granted the team changed and you actually beat them and you didn't have Daniel Jones in that game so I don't know if that's maybe as intimidating as a contest as in previous years, but Jacksonville and Detroit, I certainly wouldn't overlook because I think there's been enough changes and there's intrigue surrounding those teams that those are not necessarily layup lines or gimme games.
2: Yeah. And Carolina too, you know, yeah, I, I know the quarterback's a big, a big issue. And I, you know, I was, you know, one of the, you know, conductors on the Sam Darnold train for a few years. I'm, I have a foot you off. Jumped off the train. I, I, I might be on the tracks. At this
1: point. You just got I, smothered. I, by yes, train. I
2: might be. Um, <laughs> And that's a question. But the rest, like I've said it There's before, they have a good roster. Yeah. Like, their defense is good, yeah. legitimately good. They have DJ Moore, who's a good wide receiver. McCaffrey's and here's the, here's, here's the other thing. Jeff, you just made a good point. You got the two teams with probably the two best running backs on the schedule that you're facing week one and week two. So <laughs> yeah. the chance you're getting, I'm serious, yeah, no. the chance that you're getting Henry and McCaffrey when they're healthy is actually pretty high, and that's not going to do the Giants any favors because right. obviously they're going to be at their
1: best when those guys are healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, I the the first the, the first game with Henry, that's the one that scares you a little bit, you know. They're they're and they're a good team, um, but you know, I, I think that you don't want to look ahead, but I feel I feel like you know the Titans is a game you're going to have to go on the road. It's opening up new new system, no, new the everything. Titans so are a good team, man. They, they have really a really good, good, good defense. So I, that's going to be a really tough game but i think i'm with you john i think the panthers are a team that, that are on paper aren't as bad as you think they are and just the quarterback position which by the way is very important but the fact is that they have other weapons on that team and their defense is pretty good
2: and i'll say this too you know this newly formed offensive line is going to get tested early You know, Tennessee's got a great defensive line. The Panthers have a... Yeah, Bud Dupree. And Simmons, obviously, in the middle of that line, too, with tackle. Harold Landry as well. Yeah, and Simmons is one of the... People don't talk about him. He's one of the best defensive tackles in the league right now. He's right up there with, you know, Chris Jones and all those guys. You know, the Panthers have a very good front with Brian Burns. If you don't think Evan Neal's going to get a... Full service of Brian Burns in that game. You're crazy. He is. Dallas with Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Dante Fowler they brought in. They have a pretty good defensive line. So those first three games are going to be a real early test for this Giants front up front.
4: Well, and the Panthers too. I would throw out some of their personnel in terms of who they're going to be throwing out, the big boys, Derek Brown, for example, they added Matt Ioannidis mm-hmm. from Washington, who certainly has familiarity with the division, and their secondary. Brian Burns is another guy I would mention up front, mm-hmm. so I'm with you. There's no doubt about it. We're going to learn a lot about this Giants offensive line, but heck, guys, we've said that the last few seasons, <laughs> right? I mean, how many times have we looked at the schedule? Because remember, they had Denver to open up last season. We said, okay, you're going to learn a lot about the Giants offensive line, and then remember, Pittsburgh the previous year, there's the third straight season, they're opening against an AFC opponent. And by so the way, Lance, the answers, no different.
2: And the answers have not been ones that we've liked. No,
4: they have not. No, <laughs> new, but here we go again, a yes. new group, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. new faces. So we don't know exactly how these guys will operate, but I think what you have to understand is from the Giants' perspective, and I think, Jeff, you were alluding to a little bit of this, is they're just as much of an unknown as some of these other teams, because you have new schemes and you have new personnel, and I would flip it around, guys. It's not just that you're going to learn about the Giants' offensive line. Where is Wink Martindale's defense as you need to slow down a very strong run game in Derrick Henry and then Christian McCaffrey? Mm -hmm. Is the pass rush going to be a little bit behind the run defense, vice versa? Where is this young secondary going to be? Because they're going to have to win their battle in the trenches because of the running backs that they're seeing early in the season. And then, as John mentioned, then you get Dallas week three, which is probably going to be their first test from a passing Perspective, because that group has been together. I know they don't have Amari Cooper, but they still have oh, sure. a lot of established wide receivers. So it's not as if you get some breathing room for Wink to take a step back and say, all right, guys, you know, now we get a team that still wants to continue to run the ball. We'll be able to continue to clean up our run defense. Now all of a sudden you get another team that's going to hit you from a completely different perspective.
2: No question about it. All right, guys, I'm going to head out to practice. Good talking to you. Goodbye, Smell. Have, yeah. have an excellent show,
1: boys. Thank, Thank you, Johnny. Good, good to you. Appreciate it.
4: A nice surprise here from that, our very own. That John is actually Schmelke. that
1: was live too. That that's not a taped session. There, no, John not was, at all. John is real and in person right now. Well, He's I here. hope
4: that you and I are bye. real and in person too.
1: We are, and and John is. Last time you know, I checked, yes. Yeah. So bye, Johnny. <laughs> Well, he's so relaxed, you know, he's got nothing, nothing to do other than to go watch practice and go home and change diapers. So, well,
4: but see, but that's when the relaxation, the relaxation, I should say, ends once you go home and then reality hits you, Jeff. And listen, you know, you've raised a number of children. No, trust me. Listen,
1: (laughs) I always used to say that, you know, people would be like, man, how did you like training camp? I'm like. Well, being a punter in training camp isn't all that bad, but actually, I kind of like training camp. They're like, are you crazy? I'm like, no, you know, I was a month away and didn't have to change <laughs> diapers and it was like I was working. I mean, I, it is what it is, right? So I told the John when I saw him earlier before he came in here, I said, John, are you like a fish out of water or what? He's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm like jittery. I just like, I don't know. I'm like, relax. Before you know it, you'll be back in the building wishing that you were on on uh, on leave again. So just <laughs> take, it, take it for what it's worth. Just stay home and be good, man. Correct. Try to capitalize as much yeah. as you can at this point. We got Absolutely. it here. We're, we yeah. can handle it. Are we it. holding
4: down the fort? Listen, this is not our first rodeos. Mm-hmm. We've been around the block. We've been then, to so. tons of rodeos. 100%. Yeah. I mean, there, there's enough rodeos to fill up uh, numerous states yeah. at this In point. In fact, we got a lot We've of clowns
1: it. on our show, too. We so, do. I mean, that well, now we're really Tino. building the parallels. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah.
4: So, anyways. <laughs> it's a three-ring circus, Jeff. Yeah, that's so, been well so Lance,
1: I was looking at this schedule uh this morning and just trying to get a little bit of an idea kind of you know we're there's some wins on here, you know I'm looking through, and um I think there's some winnable games in, in the first half of the season um you know, and as I was going through here, I don't want to you know put this in stone but I, I think there's I think there's six or seven wins on this on the schedule with a chance to maybe if this team gets was one of those Teams that, like we talked about a minute ago, maybe the Giants get hot somewhere and, you know, they're healthy and they go through and they get some good production in certain areas. And who knows? This team could compete. But um, there is a stretch in there that's going to be kind of difficult. There's seven games uh, against teams that finished over 500. So that's a tough one. Um some of the other things I was thinking here. So in the first quarter, Lance, you know how we kind of break them down into first sure. quarters? Well now that we got seventeen games, there's one extra. Game it doesn't in the cooperate fifth fully, yes. It doesn't cooperate fully. So we'll just put the Eagles game in the last category. We'll just put them aside for a second. But for the first quarters you got Tennessee, the Panthers, Dallas and the Bears. I I got to see two wins in there. I mean, I, I really the home opener against the Panthers. Um, I, as we talked about, that's a tough that's a tough game. They're they're a pretty decent team, but I think the Giants can. You know, they got the home over, home opener for Brian Dable and his staff. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of energy in the stadium for this new team. Sure. Um, you got the young guys. You know, you got uh, Neil and Thibodeau and some of those other draft picks. And depending on how healthy this team gets going into that game. I think that they can steal – you know, they can not steal anything. I think they can win that game. And, of course, the Bears, glad they got them at home this year because I think the Giants – I can't remember – they go. They constantly go up there to Chicago and play. I think I don't know how many years in a row they played the Bears. It has now, been. Oh, oh my God, constantly. Like, Correct. So uh, yep. I think that, you know they're they're not. Well, a remember very good Jeff, not team. to cut you off, but yeah.
4: remember the last time the Bears came to New Jersey was that overtime affair. Remember Tariq Cohen threw the game tying touchdown on a trick play, and oh then my the Giants yeah. outlasted the Bears in yeah. OT. Yeah, that was the last game. And uh, also remember, Mitchell Trubisky was hurt for that game, so you had the backup right. quarterback start as
1: well. That's it's right, crazy. Uh, Seems like the Bears have always had backup quarterbacks starting,
4: pretty much. Yes, <laughs> don't remind them. Yeah, are right. Hoping to gain some stability now with Justin oh, Fields. My goodness. So,
1: I mean, listen, I think there's uh, people can be excited a little bit. I, I, I'm, I mean, looking at the schedule like we talked about yesterday, a lot of a lot of planning can go into some things for these for the fans, and um, it is what it is. But you know, boy, you look at those division games, one, two, three, four, five out of the last uh, one, two, three, five four, of the last five, seven. seven, correct. Yeah. Yep. So and
4: four straight during one stretch four within straight, that
1: group. Yeah. Yeah. I got Washington and every Washington is is you know two out of three weeks there. Um. So our prep will be a little bit less in that one. We'll we'll be able to just <laughs> roll the notes right into the next week. Um. But so those would be good. And I think that you know the Giants they do play Washington and the Philadelphia at home to start the uh, first part of December. So when I'm looking at this, if if I'm playing these days. And as we talked about the other day, I'm really happy about the January first game. That's at, That's at home. Uh, oh, I'm. am t- Excuse me. I'm not happy about that one because we're going. I would want to be on the road on January first <laughs> in the dome in, in, in Indianapolis. And then, by the way, then we, if you, if if that game was away. You would have back-to-back Dome games in, Dece- in the end of December and beginning of January. That would make me very happy. With Minnesota and Indianapolis, yeah. yes. And See, then, I thought you were
4: complaining because complaining. the night before. <laughs> no, with the Indianapolis Colts game, uh, I don't oh, think it had anything to do with the location. <laughs> I thought you were complaining about festivities <laughs> New from Year's the Eve. night before. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, well, listen, I'm yeah. looking at this schedule right here. Um, you've got Dallas. Uh, you're playing at home, so that's 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 a that's a dome game. You've got Detroit. You're playing at home. That's a dome game. You've got Indianapolis at home. That's a dome game. So from my perspective, you got four dome games and three of them are at home. Take this schedule and throw it out the window. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Always taking the punter's of course. concerns into yeah. concern, and that's yes. all
1: I'll talk about it. That's this has nothing to do with me anymore. So this is the, if I'm looking at the schedule from my perspective, I wouldn't have liked it. But uh, I, I think that it, it is what it is. I think that the league wants those division games at the end of the season like we talked about they got them Giants definitely got them um and of course you know you look at these other teams uh at the end of the year with Minnesota and Indianapolis you know those are two teams that you never know what they're going to be doing at that point in time you know, I, Well, I it's always a wild card, Jeff, is.
4: because we don't know injuries. We don't know what rosters are going to look like. Yeah. That's why I don't like to go over how challenging the final stretch of a season could be because we have no idea what those teams are going to look like. But to your point about the NFC East, I actually like when the games are much later in the season because I do think while injuries is still a wild card, Jeff, you at least feel like you have a better idea of who your team is at yeah. that point of the season. And divisional games are by far the most important because the easiest path to get to the playoffs is to win the division. So I'd rather play a divisional foe mm-hmm. week 10 and beyond than have them week three or four. When, especially in the case of the giants, you're still trying to feel yourself out at that point early mm-hmm. in the season.
1: Yeah. You know, the other thing too, Lance, that we, we didn't know. And I was a little bit surprised and this is a, an outstanding move by the giants. I, I feel, you know, they did not take their buy after yep. they're going to London. Um, and, you know, we talked about that the other day. Not, not that them not taking, but about having the buy early. Well, this way it puts it at let's see, three, six, seven, eight, right at week nine. Equidistant. And you couldn't ask for a better buy week in terms of where it lands, in my opinion. Right, it's just smack dab, almost right in the middle of the season. So it is the middle of the season. One, two, three, is. four, no, five, six, like seven, nine. No, like I said, nine. it's yeah. perfectly equidistant. So yep. I think that you know, from that perspective. And by the way, you know, they're going to go to London. But that's like, you know, going from here to Seattle, in essence, you know, a five, six hour flight. It's the same thing. So I, 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 I'm not, I think it's a great idea. They just got to come back and get right back to it, you know. So um, it'll be a long week for them. And it's just be dependent on when they go over there, you know, the time change and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think that I liked I like what they did. That was smart.
4: Well, I'm completely with you. It's interesting because I was actually just taping an interview for my Syria show this Mm -hmm. weekend with Charlotte Carey, who is the NFL director of broadcasting, and we were discussing some of the ins and outs of the bye weeks. And there are five international games this year. So there's 10 teams, Jeff. Seven of the 10 teams Mm -hmm. have elected to not take their byes following the international game. And we had had conversations on this show With you, with Paul, and we always make the assumption because the norm has been, even if you go back to history, Jeff, more often than not, teams do take their buys after the international game. However, it's not etched in stone. The NFL does allow flexibility. It's the only actual slot in the schedule where teams have a say (laughs) in what they could do because they can go to the league and say, you know what, we don't want to take a week five buy. We don't want to take a week six buy. We'd rather have it late in the season. And it seems as if... More and more of the trend, Jeff, has been teams are electing to say, you know what, flying back from London, as you were just pointing out, if we play a 9.30 game local time, meaning for the Giants, I'm not talking about what it is in London, we're going to get back maybe in the wee early morning hours the following day. We're still going to have enough time to regroup, reset our clocks, that it's manageable, that it's okay if we wait, to have the buy a little bit later on. And I think the other part of the equation is this was the big part that I feared for the Giants' sake, Jeff, was if you took the bye after that Packers game, there's a young team, a lot of guys not far removed from college who have barely experienced a 17-game season. From Brian Dable's perspective, do you really want them to go 11, 12 straight games the remainder of the season without any break. I would think that would be a big rolling of the dice. So that's more of a reason why, if you have some say in it, Mm -hmm. better off you take it a little bit later on in Week 9.
1: I'm wondering, is is the London game for the Giants in October the first game of the international games?
4: I Actually, let me see. I have the list in front of me right here in terms of the international games. The Giants, no, because you have New Orleans and Minnesota taking part in games in Week 4. So that's the the second game, not the first game. Okay. Correct. All right.
1: And I'm wondering what those two teams are doing as far as their buys.
4: Well, those Uh, two teams also are not taking their buys immediately after. Because as I mentioned, seven of the next ten, seven of the ten teams, excuse me, that are playing international games are not taking the buy. And I actually, I have the full grid in front of me, Jeff. It's funny you ask me. So I can tell you exactly. New Orleans has a buy in week seven. And they play the international game week four. Minnesota, same thing. They have a week four game against New Orleans. They're taking their bye in week 14. So they're even Mm. further back than New Orleans under those circumstances. The only international teams that are taking their byes after their game, just to give you an idea, Jeff, is Tampa Bay and Seattle are both playing in week 10. So they're going to have their byes in week 11, which makes sense because your international game is – much further into the season. And then the other team that is taking its buy immediately after is Jacksonville. They're playing a week eight international game against Denver. They take their buy in week nine, but both of those situations make sense because your international game is in the week eight to week 10 barometer.
1: That's right. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. I, I if I, if the giants were in week eight, in Week nine, I would take it in week nine too. So um, I just think that the week four and week five are very early. And I think all those, all three of those teams that you mentioned, they're, they're all taking their bye. Green Bay is not either, right? They're they're also not taking the bye, did you say? Correct. Green yeah. Bay
4: is not taking the bye either. Yeah.
1: So that they're makes playing
4: sense. Baltimore the following week. Green Bay's going to have its bye week nine. So mm-hmm. they're actually, they have the same bye week as the Giants.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
4: Both teams have the same approach.
1: Yeah. Green Bay, no, Giants. Yeah, because the Giants played Baltimore the week after the, the London game, not Green Bay.
4: Correct. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I looked at the wrong chart. You're right. The Giants well, for play Baltimore. For
1: once in a while, I've been yes. paying attention. Lance.
4: No, you yeah. have not No, you're right. So I want to stand corrected. Green Bay has the Jets, okay, for That's those really of you marker. counting at home, because well, a lot of our York listeners team. are worried about the Packers schedule moving forward. So yeah, we it's one of the sure New York politically teams. politically correct, Okay, yes. perfect. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, we'll so get a
1: lot of calls on that now. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, How
4: unfair for the Packers to play two New York, New Jersey-based teams in consecutive weeks.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I'm sure they're counting on those as being wins. So, uh, <laughs> Something we'll tells
4: me Aaron Rodgers and company feel pretty good about their situation during mm-hmm. this season based uh, on their track record. Wow. But, you know, those are the main takeaways. One or two other things that I just wanted to throw out, Jeff, before we open up the phone lines, and I think you hit on a lot. We mentioned the three straight home games early in the season. So, you know, that's not something that happens very often. No, The not fact at all. that you really get to settle in after you visit Tennessee, I think that's worth highlighting. And the other thing is... They're playing on Thanksgiving for the first time since 2017 Mm -hmm. when they played Washington. And this is actually the second ever meeting between the Giants and the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. They actually met previously back in 1992. So this is the first time since 92 that they're going to be playing on Thanksgiving against their division rival. And then the other thing that I thought was notable, as of now, just one scheduled primetime game. That's week three. Monday night football against the Cowboys. Now, granted, flex scheduling could change that, but Jeff, I don't know about you. As the broadcasters through my lens, I have absolutely no complaints. I love that. That was the best news from <laughs> the Giants' schedule that we have one primetime game this season.
1: Oh, I remember a few years ago when the, when the when the schedule came out and we looked at it and we saw all those primetime games at eight thirty, the Monday nights, the Thursday nights. It was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be a 2 or 3 o'clocker right there in the morning. But now I look at all these 1 o'clock games, I am very comfortable with that. Yes, I now, am completely with you. And I'm hoping, for the Giants' sake, that some of these get flexed at the end of the season, and that means they're doing well. So we'll we'll see what happens.
4: Anything is possible. That's why the NFL does leave the flexibility open to mm-hmm. make some tweaks because sometimes you just can't predict what teams are going to be in the mix. And the other thing is normally you'd have the Thursday night game, right? But the fact that the Giants Thursday game is on Thanksgiving and it's an early afternoon start, that also eliminates another potential primetime game.
1: That's right. So yeah, It's it a 4.30 out. game. Yes. Uh, and then you see at the very end of the schedule, they have the, the Eagle game as a to-be-determined, and it has either this, it's on January 7th or 8th. Correct. Yep, because that's part of the flex
4: scheduling, Jeff. If you remember, there were a few games that were on the Saturday before the end of the season because especially if there's some games with playoff implications, they want to highlight those separately. And then remember the games on Sunday, if the Giants game did stay on Sunday, we don't know the time because that's all going to be based on, once again, playoff implications. Yep, it's all good, uh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Fun, exciting times now that we at least know the order of the games. And everybody is certainly digesting them as we move forward here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. A few reminders before we open up the lines at 201-939-4513. Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season appropriate considering now we know the schedule in addition <laughs> to ticket savings membership benefits include access to exclusive events experiences presales and more you can lock in your seats starting at just $100 call 888-NYG-1925 or you can visit giants.com/tickets for more information also, don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available, or you can place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925, or you can visit, for this one, giants.com suites for more information.
2: Is there anything more annoying than having to run to the store in freezing cold weather? When all you want to do is stream endlessly from the comfort of your couch? Or realizing after just going to three different grocery stores that you forgot the toilet paper and refused to enter yet another parking lot? Wouldn't it be nice to have someone appear with the items you're missing right to your door? Well, now Grubhub's got you covered. Grubhub now delivers all your go-to convenience items all day long. Whether it's a craving for something sweet during a commercial break or you forgot those bathroom essentials, Grubhub will deliver anything from the convenience store right to your door. And you'll never have to leave the house. Order your convenience items through the Grubhub app or online today. Let's open up the lines as we move forward here on
4: Big Blue Kickoff Live. Let's check in with Scott in New Mexico. He gets us going here on Giants.com. What's happening, Scott? Hi, guys. Uh, just one second.
5: Don't feed any of those guys till they sign <laughs> for Jeff for the Hall of Fame, okay? That's right.
1: We're going to get him. I've already been okay, uh, right, right, right. I've already been in there uh, kind of politicking around, so we're good. We're good to go. Yeah. Scott's well, running joke really continues, worked. by the way. Now, <laughs> see, the problem is
4: Scott. No, I love the reference, but if no one knows what the heck you're talking about, I feel like it's my <laughs> obligation and duty to at least provide some context. So, real quick, well, well, Scott well, I'm made a running the joke. writers
5: now, so nobody's getting fed until they actually say. Okay, well
4: the. The running joke on this program is Scott is heavily campaigning for Jeff to get the Hall of Fame nod, and he said that he was going to lock up as many people in his basement as humanly possible to accomplish that feat. It's all jokes. No one take it seriously. Everybody is safe in New Mexico, we promise. Yes, go ahead, Scott. Continue. (laughs)
5: <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I wish we would take one game at a time uh, and not worry about schedules because you just have to ask Buffalo how they did against Jacksonville last year.
4: Sure. No, that's that would a, great give point. a good point. That was a 9-6 and that was a loss good, for the Bills.
5: Yep. Right. And that was a good point, Lance. It's uh, really let's take it one game at a time and see how we do. And, cause injuries and everything else comes into play. But uh, I had two questions today. Um, ESPN came out with a depth chart. I'm going to read it to you and get your comments on if you think this is the way it's going to play out. And For the starting offensive line, or the starting unit, they have Jones, Barkley, Galladay, Shepard with an asterisk, so I assume Wondell Robinson would fit in that spot, Kadarius, Tony, Ricky Seals, Jones, Andrew Thomas, and surprisingly, they have Joshua Zudu, playing left guard, Feliciano, Glowinski, and Evan Neal. And that's who they say is going to be the starting line for the Giants. So before I go to my uh, the defense, do you kind of agree with that?
4: Well, the wild card right now is left guard. Sure. I have no issue with the other guys that you mentioned. And just to clarify, is this on ESPN.com? Because I'm bringing it up as I yes. speak to you. Is that uh-huh. the one you're looking at? It is. Okay. Yep. Because there's various other websites, in fairness, that also have depth charts. And as you well know from the Giants Yeah, and I, I realize this is not the Giants yeah. depth chart. Sure, this is
0: sure.
5: ESPN's
4: chart. Well, I but- mean, think about it. Scott, when you look at the left guard position, and Jeff, curious your perspective as well, Josh Azudu right now is healthy, and he's a third-round pick, and he has versatility. Shane Lemieux is an option there as well. But once again, he's coming back from injury. And then Max Garcia is another option mm-hmm. who is a veteran who's been in a few different spots. So, I mean, Garcia and Azudu, in terms of health are a little bit more in the driver's seat, but I would not rule out Lemieux because they're certainly optimistic that he's going to be a full participant or at right. least they hope by the time training camp starts. So those are probably your three options, but yeah, I think Azubu is going to get a serious look because of the fact that he is an extremely versatile guy and they'll probably give him reps Jeff at various mm-hmm. other positions to prepare him in case somebody else gets banged up.
1: We've talked about it before. That's going to be the one position that you got to keep your eye on as far as the competition goes. Right. And I think that, you know, who did you have who did ESPN have starting there? Was it is, They had Azudu. Oh, really? Okay. That's yeah, Zuto, yeah, yeah. And,
5: and start of Shane Lemieux, uh, okay. which they had Frank Second. On their defense, they had Jihad Ward, Lawrence Williams, Thibodeau, Ty Crowder, Blake Martinez with an asterisk, depending upon, the, you know, if he's healthy, and they had Michael McFadden in his position if he isn't, uh, Ojalari, uh, Cordell Flott, strangely starting, uh, McKinney, Love, and Dory Jackson. That was their breakdown of the starters. And I happen to think that Belton would might Challenge to get into that uh, safety spot, but uh, that's my personal opinion. But I just was curious how you you feel about that. You
1: think over love?
5: I think a safety, yeah. I think uh, maybe
1: move love to corner?
5: Possibly. That's the way I'm looking at it. If they don't pick up anybody in free agency, I think Julian Love would be the starting corner, the way I would look at the team. But I wanted to get your. Again, your evaluation of how they are looking at it uh, as far as the and I thought Cordell flat was a surprise. Uh,
4: uh, well, see, this and, is why I, I, that's why I wanted to bring up the depth chart because, Right. Interestingly, Scott, they have Aaron Robinson is third on the depth chart. Jeff, I want to explain this because I don't know if you're looking at it. And he's third on the depth chart at right cornerback. So it's a Dory Jackson, Darnay Holmes and Aaron Robinson. The reason why I'm questioning that is because I really don't think that's at least how the Giants view it. And I don't know when this was last updated, Scott, too. I mean, clearly they put in the draft picks, I'll give you that, but did the person who then put in the draft picks then look at who they had on the back end of the depth chart and whether or not they need to make adjustments? So I, I, I doubt lo- they
5: did that. This was an initial phase one, which was probably done a couple of days ago. Correct. So uh, I just wanted to get your overall purview of what you thought of that. And then my second question is, obviously they just signed 10 undrafted free agents, It's a two-part question. One of the guys that was signed was uh, Jashon Corbin, who I thought should have been drafted, and he's a great running back, and I I wonder how he's going to help the team. And then also, just in your overall uh, purview again, how many of the undrafted free agents, generally speaking, do you honestly think will make the Mm. team? Is Is there a perceived number, generally you know, overall, that they have uh, statistics on that says of ten guys, maybe two get signed and make the fifty-three man roster. I was just curious uh, in regards to that as well.
1: Well, I think it. I, I think it's very it's very difficult for any of those guys to make the roster, just flat out make it. With you know, there's always circumstances that happen. There's injuries that come up. Um, some of these guys, I would imagine, are going to make the practice squad, so they're going to be part right. of the team but to make that you know that final roster it's very difficult very very difficult but um i think if the team likes them enough they'll stick them around and put them on the practice squad and and that's a that's a further assessment of them as a weekly as week go by that they can now move these guys up and down as they become more familiar with them so and again again with injuries and depth i think there'll be some of them right. will be part of it I, I i look at you know the people that are here i was just looking at this roster then it starts with number two and goes all the way down to ninety-eight. <laughs> there is a lot right. of guys here that I'm looking on this uh, this ru- this rookie minicamp, and you know how many of these guys are going to make the team that weren't drafted? Not many. It, it's just it's just the way it is. It's just a That's numbers the way game. It is. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. A
4: big part of this is the evaluation process, yes. and we'll let you go on that note, Scott. Appreciate you, Scott. the phone call. We'll certainly piggyback off of some of his points. If you look at last year's fifty-three man roster. One undrafted rookie made go. the initial fifty three, and that was Raymond Johnson the mm-hmm. third. Now, if you go back previous years, Jeff, the numbers fluctuate. There's course, been some years where more than right. Correct. It's very unlikely. And here's the other thing that I think is important to note, and that's why I found it to be an interesting question. You've got 11 guys in the draft class this mm-hmm. year.
1: That's even. That it makes it even more difficult.
4: Correct. Now, that doesn't mean that just because you're a drafted player, you're a lock to make the roster. But I do think that if they drafted you, clearly they have interest in you, and they're going to do everything in their power to see if they can get you on the roster. So if you're taking up 11 spots, let's just operate there. And I'm not saying that you're going to have all 11, but even if you have 9 or 10 of the guys, Jeff— Make the roster. Compared to the rest of the league, that is a very high volume of players that were drafted. Then we're talking about your free agents that you brought in, your typical veteran group. I mean, realistically, if you play the numbers game, I just don't see how reasonable it is to think that you're going to be able to get three Mm -hmm. to four undrafted players on this roster. Now, to your point, could they make the practice Mm -hmm. squad? 100%. Mm -hmm. But I think the numbers game with the drafted guys doesn't really make it an extremely opportunistic situation here.
1: Nope. It's like I said, it's, it's, it, it is very, very difficult. And I, I mentioned this before last week on the show is that, that you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an honor for these guys to be in camp. And I think a lot of them are realistic in the fact that they probably don't know they're going to make the team. But at least they've got the chance to fulfill something, uh, their dreams and their goals to be able to say that I was in a, in a professional football NFL camp uh, for at least a weekend. <laughs> you know, but I think that it's, it's important for these guys to get in here and do the best they can and understand. Um, it happens Lance, you know, some of these guys come out of nowhere and you know, again, there, it all depends. This is a glorified two day workout is what this is. This is really, and, and they'll, and the giants organization will take take names away from this camp. They'll file them and then they will have them on the short list. If something is needed as a, uh, as that we get closer and closer to training camp because there's always things that happen, guys. Remember, last year, the two offensive linemen that quit. I mean, you know, it's just like you yeah. never know. You never know.
4: Well, and like you said, you're going to have room on your practice squad. And if they know your system and they've been with you all throughout training camp, there's value in keeping them around yeah. unless they get claimed because then if an injury does happen during the season, you're calling up a player who's been with you as opposed to somebody that you just dragged in off the street who now is going to take a few weeks to learn and adjust to the scheme. So there's value in having some of these undrafted free agents with you in camp because even if they don't make the roster, A, they're going to help you in terms of practice. Mm-hmm. And then once again, week seven comes around, you lose a running back. Well, you take a guy off the practice squad and you're like, hey, he was here since May. So, you know, he has familiarity in terms of what we're running.
1: Mm. Where's there, a guy? There's another running back on here. Was it uh, Master Teague? Remember that name? I From do Ohio State. That name. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's here on a tryout today. And there's a lot of
4: guys that fall into that category yeah. because remember, they've only actually signed 11, which means that there's contracts. A lot of other guys are just here for a tryout or an invite, mm-hmm. which is a real informal type of setting when you look at rookie mini camp.
1: Yeah, because you're looking at how required on this. I'm looking at the alphabetical roster for the guys that are here right now. And then it has how they're acquired, and it has tryout, a UDFA, uh, free agents, and then um, drafted, and then now there is a, let's see here, what's this one say, free agent in 22, which, by the way, this is Austin Pearl, which I was a teammate of his dad. Ricky Pearl. Yep. You guys yep. don't remember him.
4: Well, and you know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because it's important to note with rookie minicamp, there are going to be some free agents who were in the league or about a year or two removed. Yeah you don't just have to only bring in guys that are actually rookies by definition this year. There is a little bit of flexibility.
1: Um, I'm looking on here. There are some guys here. There's a free agent from Duke. There's an offensive lineman here named, um, what's his first name? uh, Devery Hamilton. He's a first year guy out of Duke. So he's a free agent in 21. So he's here. A couple guys here that are, yeah. So there's not, there's about three guys here that are free agents. The rest of them, our draft picks or wor- or tryout guys. Yeah, and here's, here's one here. Um, What is this one? NFL IPPP. International player? International, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, oh, yeah, teams have
4: the flexibility to bring in an international player yeah, as part of the international program. That's
1: what that's referring to. This guy's name is Roy, and he's from Nigeria. Well, that's
4: the Nigerian offensive lineman. Yeah, yep. Connected to Ozzy. Yeah. 6'9". Oh, yeah, he's quite the presence. 320.
1: Born in the year 2000.
4: Wow. Making the rest of us feel old. <laughs> and, and you even older.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, yes.
4: Well. 201-939-4513 is the telephone what number. Is Hashtag going on here. giant <laughs> <laughs> chat. I know. When you start seeing people born in 2000, yeah, that is certainly a rude awakening. Let's uh, reopen up the lines. Uh, we check in with Charlie in Maine. What's happening, Charlie? Chuckle. Hey, Lance. Hey, Jeff. How do y'all do Sorry. Well, we could be better. You just called, but we'll move it along. <laughs> yes.
0: Hey, hey, my son uh, uh, Miller Time.
4: He's there, right?
0: Jeff
1: Miller Time. Who? Your son? Yeah. I, I didn't know that Andre you birthed a Miller child
0: from the University of Maine. Oh. Okay. He's a wide receiver.
1: He's, yeah, uh, Andre, he's, he, he's a tight end. They have him down as a tight end here. See, oh, that's, that's
4: what I love about Charlie. He doesn't even position. have the correct label for the player that supposedly is his son, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Isn't that
1: crazy? Doesn't even he's know what a wide he receiver.
0: Plays. He played wide receiver in the University of Maine. He's not a tight end. Why do they always do that? He's 6'3", 225 pounds. I'm sure he can play tight end because he is a really good blocker. Um he, uh, and he, uh, this guy's going to stick. But is there any other University of Maine players? Uh,
1: just like never, the other guy you, you know, said was going to stick got cut the other day. Which is, who is that guy? Do you remember him, Charlie? <laughs> yeah. Rise and John. Rise yeah, John, guess yeah. who
0: picked him up in 10 hours? The Bears <laughs> okay. got him. The Bears have right. got him. Well, so now yeah. you have right? more of a okay. rooting interest right. for
4: that Giants-Bears game now. Yeah.
1: That's assuming he actually makes the Bears they roster. They just improved their roster up there in yeah. Chicago, that's for sure. They did.
0: And, and, yep. and if, he sticks, if he sticks with the Bears, he'll He'll catch two touchdown passes against us <laughs> okay. and win the game. Okay. All right? Yeah. And my other son, Sam Beal, is trying out with Miami Dolphins. He's trying so, out. Uh,
4: yeah.
0: With yeah, the word trying, trying out.
4: out. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to <for> Charlie to <laughs> hey, track every player that has left the Giants organization. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Hey, Jeff, is there any other? Uh, is, I, I heard there was supposed to be some uh, veteran cornerbacks trying out today. Have uh, you seen any on your list? And why don't they publish that damn list so everybody can see who's there?
1: They just want to, you know, make guys like you mad. That's why. Well, they the don't. reason why is
4: because you know, once again, if you're not under a formal contract, you may not appear. Meaning, you may have had an invite and then the player doesn't show up. That's mainly why they don't allow that to be out publicly because it fluctuates. Things change.
1: And by the way, oh, you're not going right. you're, you're to get a name from us unless it's a, uh, announced by the team. So don't ask us to yeah. give you names, Charlie. You well, you know. got
0: a list there, right? Have, Just this list there. doesn't include.
1: This doesn't include. This list doesn't include. I'm telling you right now, what I'm seeing here, the list does not include what I you're am? looking for. So.
0: Oh, uh, okay. All right. So there's no uh, veteran I don't, cornerbacks trying out.
1: Well, I. Jane said there be. was
0: going to be so.
4: Yeah, yeah, but that's was, not but... necessarily something that takes part in rookie mini camp. That could be something separate uh, on a separate okay. day, yeah. keep in it mind. It could be before yeah. They yeah. Have
1: practice, and yeah. they're certainly not going to yeah. put it on the roster. And the they never, is... no yeah, one yeah.
4: usually publicly, no team announces who they bring in for a tryout because that happens all throughout the regular season. They have designated days they bring in guys. No teams make that publicly known.
0: Okay, uh, yeah. Okay. let me uh, just talk about the schedule just for a second. Sure. Uh Our first four games, we have three games at home, back-to-back-to-back. Now, if we don't win those three games, at least two of them, I mean, what I want to see is us finally win home games would be nice. And also, you know how we never started out fast in games? It just seems like we're always flat. And, you know, I mean, we've got three home games in a row. We should be, you know, coming out fired up, ready to play. And I hope, like, the first quarter we actually can score some points. And, you know, then I'll can, then i say this team has turned around. But if we do the same thing like we've been doing, you know, lethargic, first quarter, second quarter, they're not fired up. It's a home game. And, you know, we've seen that too. Too, too often. So all I know is if we lose those three home games, man, fans ain't gonna be happy. And and the last seven games, five out of our seven games are against divisional foes. So we got to win. We got to go three and three in the division at least. I mean, I mean, we gotta split with these teams, you know,
1: Uh, or
0: to have any hope of trying to get the five hundred or. Well, I guess we can't get to five hundred. We got to either be
4: over it or under it. But um, boy, the math so, that you're breaking know, I... down for all of us is just fantastic. That's <laughs> yes, yes, right frightening. <laughs> 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 hey,
0: and don't be surprised. Hey, Carolina, they might not have Donald. You know, starting a quarterback. Yeah, they might it could be somebody Mayfield. else. It could be you Baker know?
4: Mayfield. Could be Matt Corral. Of exactly. course, we don't know at this point. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. All right, so, Charlie. So anyway, guys, have a great weekend. You too. And, um, Thanks, Charlie. Watch my son, Miller time.
4: We'll, we'll watch, stick. yes, because clearly, you don't put the the kiss of death on players when all of a sudden you get excited on them. I'm sure the level of <laughs> no, optimism for I'll, him, if he only knew who was supporting him through backdoor channels. Does, I don't know if he'd feel good he 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 chances. chances I'm okay. okay. making the roster. he's your son, yeah. so he knows you, right? <laughs> right, Charlie. We appreciate the phone call. I can't tell you the insight that Charlie. If I'm Andre table. Miller yes.
1: and and I was on listening to this program and I heard Charlie say that, I would I would be. I would I would be afraid of what's going to happen to me because now he's jinxed him. Correct, exactly.
4: There is no player that he has publicly supported that I could think of that went on other than Will Beattie? An extremely well, successful I, but campaign. But I think he was a yeah, fan wasn't after Will Beattie. Correct. Yes, exactly. He was not. Yeah, yeah. The, that's a good correction on your part, yeah. Jeff. He was not on Will Beatty's bandwagon when Beatty joined the Giants. Right. It was more of later on in his career, yeah. he was desperate for the Giants to bring him back. So that does not get any credit whatsoever. <laughs> but any other player that he has talked up has either not actually ended up making the initial roster or flamed
1: out, essentially. Yeah, or gone so, to another team and didn't make the roster team. either. Exactly. And, and he's yeah. lost bets over it before. So I, just, yeah.
4: Remember that wide receiver from France who yeah. wound up on what the Atlanta Falcons? And he yeah, talked like about Pe- how the Pe- Giants are going like to credit Pe- Pepe Le Pew, or... whatever he called him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. no, I, yeah. Whatever happened to him? Exactly. That was yeah. another one. He was on the All Star roster for Charlie. Yeah. We're still waiting for him to make one NFL regular season snap. We'd love to
1: see Charlie's draft board, what it looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You can only
4: imagine the pieces of paper that are on the floor after uh, all the cutouts of guys that didn't get drafted and the frustration as he rips the draft board to pieces. So what we're saying is anything that comes out of his mouth, take not even with a grain of salt, whatever's lower than a grain, okay? How about put that in perspective?
2: Is there anything more annoying than having to run to the store in freezing cold weather when all you want to do is stream endlessly from the comfort of your couch? Or realizing after just going to three different grocery stores that you forgot the toilet paper and refused to enter yet another parking lot? Wouldn't it be nice to have someone appear with the items you're missing right to your door? Well, now Grubhub's got you covered. Grubhub now delivers all your go-to convenience items all day long. Whether it's a craving for something sweet during a commercial break or you forgot those bathroom essentials, Grubhub will deliver anything from the convenience store right to your door. And you'll never have to leave the house. Order your convenience items through the Grubhub app or online today.
4: Let's uh, head back to the phone lines. Harrison is in Sydney joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Harrison?
2: Hey, I can't
6: believe I've got to follow up after Charlie. I can't believe that's just
4: happened. Huge shoes to fill, Harrison.
6: I know, I know. Um, look, I thought Joe Shane absolutely nailed the draft this year in terms of, of you know the two two top ten picks getting Kayvon and, and Evan Neal was it was incredible. But the the pick that uh, I guess fascinated me the most was Wondell Robinson in the second round, considering he's very very similar in terms of play style to Kadarius Tony, and considering the last couple of years. You know, we've had a lot of injuries to the wide receiver position. You know, last year, Kenny Galladay had a bit of timeout. Tony himself had some time out. Shep, you know, tore his Achilles late in the end of the year. I was just wondering, um, what do you guys think of Wondell Robinson's role and how he will fit into this offense this season?
1: Well, I think we've talked about it before. I think that he's going to have a role a lot like Kadarius Tony. Um, and I feel like, you know, them drafting him – in the third round, just tells you a little bit about you know how much they like him and how much they're going to want him to be a part of this offense. Anytime you get Kadarius, Tony and both both those guys on the field at one time, you know you're going to have to pick your poison with it. But I also believe, and we've we've discussed this before, that when you look at the depth at the wide receiver position, you know you look at Shep, you look at Tony, those guys that missed some time from injuries and things like that. So you want to try to find a player that will actually be able to complement those guys if they're out of the lineup. They can come in and just plug and play them.
4: And I think, Harrison, if you look at Buffalo and Kansas City, and Jeff and I were actually emphasizing Mm -hmm. this on yesterday's program, coincidentally, the Robinson pick to me is maybe a glimpse of the vision that Dable and Kafka have in terms of the style of player they want within their offense. You look at Isaiah McKenzie in Buffalo, Cole Beasley. These were all small stature guys. Get out into open space. Let them do a lot of the heavy lifting. Kansas City, McCall Hardman, Tyreek Hill, so I think that's their vision. They want somebody that's sort of a, maybe not a gadget player, but somebody that doesn't necessarily have to run down the field 50 to 60 yards to make an impact and could be just difficult to tackle because of his shiftiness and can also contribute on special teams.
6: So, so would you say that he would be predominantly playing on the outside rather than on the inside? Because I know he's only five foot eight, so I would have thought that he'd you know, predominantly be playing in, in the slot. But well, this, I think they will utilize the him in
4: the slot, but if you ask Brian Dable yeah. and you go back to what he said after they drafted him, he said that he does have potential in his mind to go to the outside. I think time will tell based on his durability and also... Here's the other thing. If you put Tony and him on the field at the same time, well, they both can't probably play on the outside, especially if they have another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll mix and match based on the week-to-week opponent and whether or not they envision also utilizing, keep in mind, Robinson was a little bit of a running back at Nebraska and Kentucky. So mm-hmm. maybe they run plays for him out of the backfield. And then he's not necessarily lining up in the slot. He could have Tony in the slot and Robinson out of the backfield. I can see some type of scheme that maybe calls for that lineup.
6: Mm. No, that was, that was very good. Uh, nice to take my call, boys.
1: You're hey, welcome. You it, Harrison. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for weighing in. I was going to ask him about the... Uh, no, I'm guessing that that accent is from Australia. Correct, yes. Well, I'm assuming Sydney, Australia is where he okay. was calling so, from. Oh, I didn't yes. get that. Okay. So that right. is a safe assumption but There was uh, There is a punter on this roster, um, a rookie from Pittsburgh from Melbourne, Australia, and his name is Kirk Christadulo? Christadulo. Okay, I was going to ask him the pronunciation of that. but Okay, well, that's assuming that he actually knows of the guy, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I, Maybe I could just spell his name, and maybe that's a family down there that they know that name. Okay, it, it
4: could be a popular yeah. yes name. Anything's yeah. possible. Yeah. I didn't know where you were going with that. I thought we were making the assumption I'll, that everybody yeah. knows each other in Australia. No, well, problem. It's a pretty big place the last yeah. time I checked. So yeah, I mean, you
1: know, <laughs> yeah, they got some desert over there that nobody's ever been to before, so... <laughs> No, but this is another. This is the other thing. There's another punter from Melbourne, Australia. Do we not have enough Australian punters over here in the United States? Stay See, home.
4: They're taking all your jobs, Jeff. They are. They're coming over here, here. here
1: and taking all the American guys punting jobs. These, these Australian guys.
4: Well, this is what you need to do. You need to start now <laughs> teaching everybody to play rugby and mm-hmm. send them over to Australia to take the jobs of all the Australian players. You, you have to ladies. now return the favor. That's okay. That should be the movement. I'm not doing that, by the way. <laughs> I know you're not, but I just figured <laughs> I'd throw it out so that maybe you'd have another area to take your frustration. Yes. Anyways. Um, all right, let's move along so, here. Yeah, no, go one, ahead. one
1: more quick one. Just look in this roster. I do have, I have the, the name of the day here, and I, I, you probably know what it is already, but I'm just going down here looking at the names because obviously I, I'm very good at names, and I just want to make sure that I can pronounce all of them. <laughs> this, one I, this one I'm very intrigued about. This is an offensive lineman, six two two ninety five from Appalachian State. His name is Bear Hunter. <laughs> Great football name, right? Bear Hunter. B-A-E-R, by the way. They got their, uh, yeah, and he is from Appalachian State, so good to see him. Number 68 for those scoring at home. If you want to watch him. All right, go ahead, Lance. Sorry
4: about well, that. Well, no, I was going to say, the name alone, you bear. don't even have to watch him play football. No, You're going to tell me hunter. you wouldn't want a guy named Bear yeah. on your offensive line? Oh, my line? goodness,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Keep him for the all-name team, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's yes. he's first-team all-name right there in my book. <laughs> Without a doubt, I am going I to keep an eye on him. We certainly don't need to review whether or not he warrants that type of. There's two label. number 68s, by the way. If you get confused by the other one, Mark, this guy's Markell. I'd see he's a defensive tackle, so don't get him mixed up. Okay. Just well, you know. there's only
4: so many numbers that they have to offer. You know how the preseason <laughs> yeah. works, there's and so a lot of them. I'm
1: just I'm surprised you're putting so
4: much effort and passion into. No offense, <sighs> guys, that may not even make the roster. Yeah, Normally, just, you, know, you, you know, you focus, you know, on the get, ones that yeah. I, listen, are be you know,
1: here. I mean, Bear Hunter's parents might be listening to this show. And Anything's just possible. Very and true. just want to plug them for a little bit. So, okay. You know, I, I hear where you're going. That's what and we do. Trying to appease We're givers off. here, yes. Lance.
4: No, well, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Let's <laughs> head back to the line, speaking of giving. Gio is in Texas. He joins us here Gio. on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Gio?
3: Hey, hello, guys. First time, long time. I got a <laughs> comment is, you know, you guys have been talking about the rookies not playing 12, you know, games straight. If we had an early five. But I like where the buy is, plus couple that with the Thursday game. It's like another mini-buy. Sure. So It'll give them a chance to catch their breath. So that's good. And then my question about the O-line, you know, I think if, if the O-line is fixed, I think that's what I call like a forced multiplier, meaning it'll contribute to greater wins than, let's say, having um, Pro Bowl wide receivers because I think it lifts the boat. Of the rest of the team, even the defense, because the defense plays at less minutes. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Is the online the group that has the biggest impact on the offense? And I'll take it offline. Thank you, guys.
4: All right, Gio. Appreciate the phone call. I think that's a very interesting point, Jeff. If you were to weigh, if you added a Pro Bowl wide receiver versus an improved offensive line, which one would have a bigger impact across your Mm. roster, meaning all facets. And I think it goes without saying it'd be the offensive line, because here's the thing. If you have a pro bowl wide receiver, Jeff, the quarterback still needs to get the pro bowl wide receiver, the football. (laughs) And if he's not protected and doesn't have enough time to survey the field, especially if it's a vertical threat, it defeats the purpose of having the pro bowl wide receiver. And, you know, you could even go to the degree of, and I'm not saying Kenny Galladay had this type of resume, But Galladay certainly was a 1,000-yard receiver when healthy, has the capacity to do that. You added him last season, but he alone, and I understand he didn't stay healthy, clearly didn't all of a sudden turn the team upside down and take it on a different level. So I I think you had a little bit of evidence with respect to that internally here
1: with the Giants. I agree with you. And by the way, you got one Pro Bowl receiver. You've got five offensive linemen. So I think you'll have a better impact. In that situation, by the, the offensive line, to me, is would be, yeah, I'm with you, Lance,
4: 100%. Especially when you're talking about a team, by the way, that needs to try to get out of the territory of 16 to 17 points per game. And you're looking to make a jump this year, right? Well, <laughs> one Pro Bowl so. wide receiver alone is <laughs> not going to do that for you.
1: Yeah, no question. And, I mean, we look at the production of Kenny Galladay when he was with the Detroit Lions coming here. We all were thinking, my goodness, this guy's going to be a red zone threat. He's going to catch all these touchdowns. I mean, I, would would any of us believe that Kenny Galladay would not have scored a touchdown in 2021? Crazy. I mean, it's, it's, that is unheard of. Um, so I think it even further to the caller's point justifies that the offensive line is much more, in that situation to me, means much more than your single Pro Bowl receiver. Because I think Kenny Galladay could potentially be a you know uh, an all-pro if you had him getting the football a little bit more.
4: Well, and also, it helps your run game. If you have a good offensive line, and they're helping in run protection as much as they are in pass protection, then we're not even talking about the Pro Bowl wide receiver, Jeff. We're talking about a completely other facet within your offense. And I'll give you a good example. And I know this team didn't make the playoffs last year. But that's not my point. My point is the Indianapolis Colts. Mm, That's a team that, if you look, right? If you look on paper, Jeff, at their wide receiver core, they don't have somebody that I think puts fear in the eyes of defensive coordinators that you say, if we don't double this guy, we're in trouble. No disrespect to any of their wide receivers. I actually think they have some quality guys. Michael Pittman Jr. in particular, I think Mm -hmm. is a really solid player. But they don't have the resume that would meet Pro Bowl. But what did they do? They invested in the offensive line. They improved that area over the last few years. They have one of the best running games with Jonathan Taylor. And, Jeff, another piece of evidence is think about how many different starting quarterbacks they've had Mm -hmm. over the last few years, right, with Andrew Luck and Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz and now Matt Ryan. And despite that, they have still been productive on the offensive side of the ball. So that team is, to me, the poster child of what – we're talking about how the offensive line can have far more of an impact because it eats into every other part compared to just one wide receiver.
1: 100%. Because, I mean, you look at the way that that offense ran the football, then if you have that type of production, then your wide receiver, you could have a pro Bowl receiver because, you know, I mean, the the team's got to respect the run first, you know, so they're going to be able to. And that was amazing. But look what the Giants are doing here as far as investing in their offensive line. You know, and maybe one day they can be the same way because I still feel in the national football, you've got to be able to run the football to to compete and win championships. You really have to, because if you can't run the football, you can't close out games. And if you're that good to win, you've got to be able to run the football in the four minute game. And if you can't, then teams are going to have a chance to come back. And, you know, and I feel like. You know, it's funny that we talked about this—the first half of football games last year with the Giants—and you know, the last two minutes of the game. I think all of us hope that that can be fixed because that—that's it, 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 an unbelievable statistic that the Giants win how many minutes without scoring in the last two minutes of the of the first half. Yep. What was it? Fifty? Was it? Was it fifty or was it more? What was it? It was had to well, be. I think be it was scratching the something. surface of
4: the seventies. Yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I that recall. is
1: just unreal to me. And then the time that they – I think that if you, if you remember the time that they were going to score, they ended up turning it over or something. I guess it was just a number that probably will never, ever be broken. That's just unbelievable that you couldn't do that. So I'm hoping that the offense will fix that this
4: year. Well, one last point there before we wrap up, mm-hmm. and I think it's absolutely on point in terms of the importance of the rushing attack to close out games, but also the red zone struggles, Jeff. Mm. When you can't run the football, you're now all of a sudden a one-facet offense, where right, all you could do is pretty much throw the ball, but you have to throw the ball into a very tight space. Whereas if you can run the ball effectively within that two, three-yard barometer, that allows you, to your point, to actually finish drives with touchdowns and not have to settle for field goals. So aside from the two-minute drives that you were talking about, I would say at any part in the game, when you're in the red zone and you get into like a first and goal from the five, and you have the ability to run and the opponent knows you can run and it still doesn't matter – that to me makes you that much more dangerous.
1: Yep, and if you have that running game, then your play action game comes in, um, and now you can set and free some of those linebackers and safeties and throw the football in the end zone and score some points. So it, it all—the game of football is all about running the football, and then it all—it all goes on from there. Your offense, you build upon that. But if you can't run the football, you become one dimensional. Defenses are too good; they're, they're, they will shut you down if you become one dimensional. And that's what yeah. they try to do—they try to make you one dimensional so they can shut you down.
4: They get a good read on you, and if you don't adjust or you don't have a counter punch, then Done. clearly it's going to be a very long day at the office. So there's yeah. no doubt about that. That's been well documented. And that's why the Giants have also struggled to score points over mm-hmm. the last few seasons because of the inability to run the ball specifically in those tight spaces that we're talking about. All right, that is going to wrap up Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff was a quick Live. One. It was. It flew wow. by. And that's what happens when we have all the fun that we do on this program. It is part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. So we'll be back up and running again on Monday at noon Eastern. We will recap rookie minicamp and continue to move ahead here as the off season plays out. But now we actually have tangible evidence. We have a schedule, and you can digest all those games and plan accordingly, especially if you're going to be attending games throughout the course of the season. For Jeff Feagles, I'm Lance Meadows. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest, and we will speak to you on Monday. Have a good weekend right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live.
2: Have a good one. Everyone gets their cravings while watching the games, and no one wants to be the one to miss the big play. Well, now Grubhub's got you covered. From the extras to the essentials, Grubhub now delivers all your go-to convenience items all day long. Whether it's that late-night snack craving or you forgot to get the paper towels from the grocery store, enjoy convenience delivered right to your door, just in the nick of time. And you'll never have to leave the house. Order your convenience items through the Grubhub app or online today.
1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
5: You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And...